Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're so glad you've decided to join us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your heart and mind as our pastor, Chip Pendleton, brings us the Word of God. Hey, take your Bibles, turn over to Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4. And we're going to be continuing our sermon series that Josh was bragging on earlier. Uh, that's entertainment. We said this sermon series is either going to go really well or not well at all. But we're looking at the, the best movies, songs, and, uh, and TV shows and saying, what do they teach us about our culture? And last week we looked at the top grossing movies and the superhero movies and talked about what that said about us. And today we're going to be looking at the movies one more time and looking at the movies over the last five years that have won Academy Awards for Best Picture. Best picture. And they all have one thing in common. Anybody know what they are, what it is? Nobody went to see any of them. That's what they, that's what they have in, in common. As a matter of fact, in the last five years, out of 30 pictures nominated for best picture, only four were in the top 25 of the top grossing movies of the year. Uh, of the, of the pictures, uh, that were nominated, only one was in the top 15. Anybody know what that was? Black Panther, Black Panther last, uh, this year was the only movie, uh, that's even made the top 15 in the last five years. Uh, more than that, the only movie in the last 15 years that finished number one as the top grossing movie and also won the Academy Award was in 2004. Anybody remember what that was? Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, both won the gross and best picture. All right, now we're going to play a game here. We're going to go through the last five years of the Academy Award Best Picture. And we're going to see how many people actually saw this picture in the theater. Not on television. Did you see it in the theater? This year, Green Book. How many people saw Green Book? Okay. As a matter of fact, of the, of the five years, it had the highest gross. It took in, uh, let me see here, it took in... $85 million, so it was the top of those, but still didn't make the top 25. The Shape of Water, 2018, three, four, okay. Moonlight, 2017, one, two, three, four, five, okay, five, all right, all right. 2016, Spotlight, two, all right, two, there you go. Don't be ashamed, they won Best Picture. Birdman, 2015. You all see every movie, I tell you. All right, that's good. That's good. I want to go with you all. You have fun. You know, that's there, all right? Okay, how about Lion King? Avengers Endgame? All right, now, in the first service, it was radically different. About four-fifths had seen Avengers Endgame and Lion King, okay? Here's the thing. Avengers Endgame, so far this year, has taken in 900 million dollars. Every picture nominated over the last five years has taken in 400 million dollars. So nobody's going to see the movies that they are actually nominating and awarding. And why is that? And what does it teach us? 
We're going to be looking over in Colossians chapter 4. This is Paul asking the church at Colossae to pray for him. And we're going to be looking at what Paul is asking them to pray for and how it relates to our Best Picture nominees. And the first thing we see is this. You've got to see the big picture of what you're trying to accomplish. You have to see the big picture of what you're trying to accomplish. Look over to Colossians chapter 4. I'm going to read you our whole text. It's only five verses. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message, that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer them. So we must see the big picture. Paul starts out in verse 2. He asks the church at Colossae to be in prayer. He says, devote yourselves to prayer. And devote yourselves to prayer in two ways. Be watchful and thankful. So to be watchful, he's saying, when you pray, look for God to be speaking to you. Look for God to be saying something to you. Generally in prayer, we just want to talk to God and tell God everything we want, but it's a two-way street. Are you actually listening to God? And then the second is to be thankful. Then he asked the church to pray for him in particular. And when Paul asks for prayer, he's always very specific. We're generally very general in the way that we pray. Lord, Save the world. Lord, help everybody. You know, and that's kind of the the way that we pray. Paul was always very specific. And so he begins in verse 3, and he says, Pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it as clearly as I should. So he very specifically asked for something. And this is his big picture. This is his main point. And it's this. Pray for open doors. Open doors for me to tell people the good news of Jesus and to tell it to them clearly. He says, as a matter of fact, that's why I'm in chains. That's why I'm in prison. So what we're told here is, why is Paul looking for open doors to share the gospel? Because he's in prison. There's not a lot of open doors to share the gospel of Christ in prison. Not a lot of opportunity to tell people the good news in prison. But Paul says, let me be aware of any open door to tell people the mystery of Christ. So he could share it with other prisoners. He might share it with the guards. He could share it with the judge. He was able to write letters, send those letters out. And so he could encourage people that way. Help me use every open door to tell people the good news of Jesus Christ. That's what Paul's main point, the main thing he wanted them to pray for, that was his big picture, open doors to share the good news, even in prison. And I guess the question I would have for you is, how are you using open doors in your life right now to tell people the good news of Jesus? Do you understand the big picture? When you get up each day, are you praying, Lord, help me have an opportunity to make a difference in somebody's life today. Help me to encourage somebody. Help me to comfort someone. Give me an opportunity to share good news of Jesus with someone. Are you looking for open doors each and every day? That was Paul's number one message. One of the problems that they have with the Academy Awards is that they've kind of forgotten what business they're in. They think that what they do when they make movies is that they're trying to make great art or they're trying to be social justice warriors and tell us what we need to do in politics or the environment or something else in our society or culture. And so they're trying to make very artsy, very very political types of movies or something like that. But they've forgotten the kind of business they're in. What business are they in? 
Entertainment. They're supposed to be entertaining people. So you can be as artsy and everything as you want, but if you're not entertaining people, nobody's going to go see your movie. Matt Damon once said, I make the Bourne movies so I can make movies that I want to after that. In other words, I make movies that make money so I can then make movies that don't make money or something like that. And so here he is. He's trying to say, okay, what is the big picture, Paul's saying? And the big picture is that we need to see the point, and the point is open doors to tell people about Jesus Christ. Are you looking for those open doors, or are you trying to let them pass by? I think I've told you this before, but I was at a conference one time where Rick Warren, the pastor at Saddleback, spoke, and he said, I was just flying back from the East Coast where I've been uh, speaking for an entire week, and he said, I was exhausted. I got on the plane, and I said, I don't want anybody to bother me. I just want to be left alone. I don't want to talk to anybody. So he said, so I got in. I put my headphones on. I turned towards the wall, and this lady sits down next to me, taps me on the shoulder, and says, hi, how are you? And I said, oh, no. And I said, I, I'm tired, and I just, I'm going to get some rest. And she said, oh, okay. She said, well, what do you do for a living? And he said, so I wanted to shut this lady up quick so that she would not talk to me at all. And so when she said, what do you do for a living? I take my headphones off and I said, I'm a Southern Baptist pastor. And he said, I figured that would shut her up quicker than anything I could think of would shut up. And he said, she looks at me with this look on her face that was of surprise. And she said, you're kidding. You're a Christian? And I said, uh, yeah. And she goes, I've been thinking about God all day. Can I talk to you about him? And he said, there he was on the plane trying to get away from open doors when God opened one right in front of him. Are you praying for open doors to tell people the good news? And that brings us to the second thing that we see in our scripture passage. We need to understand that people don't see themselves or us the way that we see them. People don't see themselves or us the way that we see them. So you're praying for an open door, an open door to tell somebody good news. But you're not going to tell somebody good news if you're not looking at that person in the right way. Often the way we see the person isn't the way they see themselves, and the way they see us isn't the way we see ourselves either. So how does Hollywood see themselves? Hollywood sees themselves as great artists and social justice warriors. And we look at them and we just see people that are trying to lecture us when all we want to do is be entertained. In 2016, Chris Rock uh, was the uh, MC for the uh, Academy Awards. He was never asked back after he said this, which he meant to be a joke, but they didn't think it was funny. And this is what Chris Locke said. I look at the nominees tonight for Best Actor and Best Actress, and what I see is zero college diplomas, two high school diplomas, and a bunch of dropouts who are going to get up here all night long and lecture me on politics, the culture, and the environment. No thanks. If I need your kind of advice, I'll talk to my middle school daughter. And uh, he thought it was funny. They didn't think it was funny at all, and he wasn't invited back any longer. Because that's not how they saw themselves. They see themselves very seriously. And so often the way we view someone isn't the way they view themselves. But they don't look at you the same way either. If you look at a world out there and you see people that, well, they don't believe in God. They're an atheist. They're not living the right way. They're a sinner. Uh, you know, they're not doing this or that. And so you're, you look at them and they say, they're bad people. They're sinful people. And so you engage them. Hello, atheist sinner who's going to hell. I'm a righteous person of God going to heaven. Would you like for me to tell you the good news? They're just going to say, no crazy person, get away from me. 
You know, you, they, they, you know, you see them as some atheist sinner. They see you as some wacko religious nut or something like that. And, and we're missing each other all along. Well, look at verse 5, verse 5 of our scripture passage. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. You're not going to make the most of every opportunity if you see people in a way that actually keeps them further away from you. Again, we divide people into good people and bad people instead of people who have found the love and grace of God and people who haven't found it yet. And so we need to start seeing people in an entirely different way and treating them in an entirely different way. We need to be people that instead of being seen as self-righteous moralists, we're seen as people who are loving and helpful and caring and compassionate. That's what people need to see when they see us. And so we need to ask ourselves, what am, I, what am I proclaiming and how am I viewing other people? Am I truly trying to see people with love and care and people that need Jesus? Or am I looking at people and thinking I'm so much better than them? And so the way you view people is going to make all the difference in the world. Be wise in the way that you act towards people. Make the most of those opportunities that you have. Lamaya Jabbar is an Uber driver in Buffalo, New York, and she picked up a lady by the name of Diane the other day. She was taking her to work at Tim Hortons, uh, the coffee shop. Anybody ever eaten at a Tim Hortons? Okay, all you, all you coffee drinkers out there. More people have been to Tim Hortons than saw uh, Lion King, so that's interesting <laughs> as well. I, I, don't, I don't know what that says, but, uh, you know, regard, regardless, you know. And uh, so she was taking her to Tim Hortons. Diane started talking to her, and she said, I can't wait till Christmas. And Lamar said, Christmas, that's like five months away. And she goes, yeah, I know. She said, but the pajamas I have are all torn up. And so I'm hoping I get a new pair of pajamas. And, and wouldn't it be neat if with the pajamas there was like a robe and some house shoes? She said, that would be so neat. And she goes, you know what else I want? And she said, what? And she goes, I hope for Christmas I get a dress. Because I've been thinking about going to church. But doesn't everybody wear a dress in church? And, and so I, I don't think I would be dressed right if I, if I didn't. So I hope I get a dress and then I'll start going to church. Well, she dropped her off at Tim Hortons, and then Lamaya went to Old Navy. She brought some pajamas. She bought a robe. She brought some house slippers. And she bought a dress, and then she took them to Tim Hortons. Got a picture of Lamaya right here pulling in. She's talking, like, okay, let's see if she's surprised. It's actually a funny, funny video. And then she goes in, and yes, she was surprised when she pulled up. She also gave her a $50 gift card. And when she was asked why she did it, she said, hey, if there's somebody that I can help get to church, I'm going to help them get to church uh, when she's there. That's someone that had an opportunity and took advantage of it. They didn't see someone uh, as though this is a bad person or a poor person or whatever. They just saw somebody that needed help and they could help them. At your job, who are the people in your workplace that just need help and encouragement? You go into the office one day and somebody just seems down. Do you even engage them to try to find out what's going on? How about uh, at school? At, you know, when you go to school, is there a kid that's being bullied? Something that, that you can do about that in your neighborhood with your family. Your family needs other people in the family that show the love and the care and the grace and the forgiveness of God. Are you showing that? Are you seeing people in a different way? Because if you see different people, people in a different way, that brings us to the last thing that we see. Then you need to take advantage when the open door comes. You're looking for an open door. You're seeing every person as important and valuable and loved by God. And then when that open door comes, because you know they're valuable and important to God, you do something. You step through it. Verse 5 says, you make the most of every opportunity. 
And then look at verse 6. Not only do you make the most of every opportunity, let your conversation always be full of grace. Now, what does grace mean? Grace is, a, is an undeserved favor and blessing of God. So how is your conversation filled with grace? It's filled with grace when the way you talk and the way you view people and the way you act for people is an undeserved blessing from God to them. So you're forgiving when people don't deserve to be forgiven. You're patient with people when you don't need to be patient with them. You care for people when they've done nothing to deserve your care because you're giving them undeserved blessing. When you do that, people are going to start coming and and giving you more and more opportunities because of the kind of person you are. So you have grace, we're told then, seasoned with salt. Now, why do you put salt on food? You put salt on food so that the flavor is better, so that you've got some flavor. Anybody ever put salt on food? Okay, more than went to see the Lion King again. Put (laughs) put salt on food. All right, so here we are. You put salt on food for the flavor. What's that mean for your life? It means that when you encounter someone, you're what gives other people their flavor. Through the love and grace and forgiveness and patience and help of God, you're showing them a different world. It's not like the old world, the old world that is hard and doesn't care and condemns everyone and thinks they're better than everyone. You're showing that you love and care for people. It's a different flavor than the world has. You don't get that flavor by looking down on people or being self-righteous towards people or thinking you're better than people. The best you can do in and of yourself is to go to hell. Your best theology, your best right living will send you to hell. You go to heaven because Jesus Christ died for you when you did not deserve it. And you now go to heaven because of his grace. It's not that you're good and they're bad. It's that you found the love and forgiveness of Christ and they don't have it yet. That's the difference between people. So you make the most of every opportunity. Man, make it it full of grace and seasoned with salt. That's how we're supposed to be acting and treating. And so when people come to God, you want them to say, hey, you know, I've got this open door. I'm going to take advantage of it. There will not be a day in your life that there won't be an open door for you to help someone, encourage someone, strengthen someone, tell someone the good news of Jesus. There will be opportunities every day if you're looking for them and looking for that open door. But you have to be, you got to be expecting and praying, Lord, open the door, help me to view people as people I need to care for, and then help me to take advantage when that opportunity comes. And that's what Paul is trying to teach us right here, is to take advantage when those opportunities come. This week in Britain, three British kids were on their way home from the first week of school, and uh, they were crossing from the school over to a bridge uh, where their neighborhood was. Those are the three boys right there. And uh, when they were crossing the bridge, they noticed a man standing on the bridge. He had made a noose and was putting around his neck and was getting ready to jump into the river. And they ran up and started screaming at the man to stop. The man saw them, uh, kind of panicked, and tried to jump off the, the bridge, and when he did, the boys grabbed him around the legs, and they just kept holding on and begging him not to do it. The man kept fighting them to get away. A car was driving over the bridge. A young lady in her 20s got out. Her name is, uh, is Janelle, and Janelle got out. She has a rare blood disease, and she'd just come from getting a blood transfusion, and the boys were yelling, help us. He's trying to kill himself. She got on the phone, she, she called the police, she went over and she grabbed the man around the waist and began to hold on to. 
A few minutes later, the police got there. They were able to get the man down, take him where he could get help. By that time, Janelle's arms were completely bruised uh, from holding on to the man. Later, the three boys were interviewed, and they were asked a simple question. Why did you do this? And they said, because there was a man that needed help and was trying to kill himself, and we had to do everything we could to hold on to him. There's a world out there that's hurting and literally begging for love and grace and peace and hope. And instead of condemning that world and thinking we're better than that world and, 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 and judging that world, we need to be grabbing onto it and holding it with everything we can, taking advantage of every single opportunity that we have. You know, the fact of the matter is, Nobody in this room was supposed to judge anybody else. That's way above your pay grade. What we were supposed to be doing is loving everybody. And when you look at the opportunities that God gives you, you're going to find every day open doors to make a difference in somebody's life if you only look for them and take them when they come. Let's have a prayer. Father, thank you for loving us so much. And we just pray that after you have given this love to us, that we'd be willing to give it to others as well. In Jesus' name we pray it. Amen. So we come to this uh, time of invitation. And one thing I hope everybody does is that during this time, you just say a little prayer and you say, Lord, give me open eyes this week to see open doors. Help me to expect you to give me opportunities to help somebody else. Maybe just a word of encouragement, maybe a word of comfort, a pat on the back, a hug, a card sent. Give me open eyes to see it and open doors. Maybe it's to speak a a word of the good news of Jesus to him. But you look for those opportunities. I promise you, I promise you, you will find open doors if you will look for them this week to help another person if you'll only look for it. During this time, you can come and pray at this altar about problems you have in your own life. Got ministers that love and come to pray with you. You can come and say, I want to join this church and be a part of what this church is doing. And the thing that's more important than anything is to say, I want Jesus Christ in my life. To come down the aisle and say, I want him in my life. I want to follow him as Lord and Savior. I want to be baptized. You come and give your life to Christ. The most important thing you could ever do. But this is your time and your opportunity. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love and your mercy. And the way you work in people's lives, thank you for working in our church. Thank you for everything you do for us. Now, be with us as we leave this place. Help us to look for opportunities this week. And it's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on Contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, keyword MyWRBC. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening, and join us next week for another message from God's Word.